Hi, it's episode 21, season 3 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, Mark Stoll from California. Morning. And making his debut, Richard Healy from Shropshire. Hello there. Right, before we begin, as ever, with with any new new guest, um, Richard, how did you get bitten by the Spurs bug? Well, um, many people get introduced to football by their... Uh, parents, my dad was never into football whatsoever. Started playing a bit of football and watching a bit of football um, uh, at school. And my parents very supportively uh, tried to tried to encourage me and bought me a, a Liverpool kit back in the late 80s, this was. And so as I was playing football, I was wearing this Liverpool kit and it just didn't feel right. I was just... I was wearing this kit and it just felt felt horrible, to be honest. And uh, yeah, and so I, I, I decided that I had to change. I was never going to be a Liverpool fan. Uh, we went down to stay with some friends in London and there was, uh, I was a nine-year-old boy and there was a, a young girl who must have been about 13 or 14 who was quite beautiful. And she was playing these the songs, like all the Chas and Dave, Hotshot Tottenham, Aussie's Dream. And I was just hooked by the music and um, also quite smitten on this girl. And she was a Tottenham fan. And from that point, I started taking a bit of an interest in Tottenham and started following their games. And then uh, I remember the FA Cup semi-final in 1991 uh, with Gascoigne's free kick and schoolboy's own stuff. And since then, I've never looked back and I've had a love affair with Tottenham which has gone uh, across Europe and, yeah, it's been a happy, happy time. That's, uh, that's how I came to be a Tottenham fan. Excellent, excellent. OK, um, right, uh, yesterday's match, it was never in, 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 in any doubt, surely. Um, who was it that said a week ago that it would be a tough game against West Brom? Um, <laughs> Mark, uh, your thoughts on the game? No, it's just it was just a great great performance it was um not one player played played badly um we were just confident we didn't really you know there's always that that wonder with Poulis seems to come and and play you know set his team out to try and soak up our pressure and then maybe you know make some adjustments and hit us in the second half it seems and he made his adjustments. They got slightly better, but they just really didn't trouble trouble us at all, or, or put any dent in our in our game and our play. And we just kind of soaked it up and kept control the whole game. I mean, the first half was pretty fantastic, and it could have been. I mean, it was pretty much all over, but it really could have been all over at halftime. They were extremely lucky. Foster had a 
another great game as well. Hit the post. I mean, it was just a, a really good performance and, you know, exactly what we needed. And hopefully this this confidence level just continues to continues and we keep going. It's definitely, definitely looking promising. We seem like we're we're starting to really click click into gear and be the team that we know we can be and we were last season. Our passing's a lot slicker and quicker. Even people like Dembele's not hanging onto the ball too much now. He's giving it you know, he's passing and we're just flowing. It's great to watch. Really enjoyable game. Richard, what was your take on the match? Um, um, absolutely, the the first half was, uh, I think, the best forty five minutes I've seen. I've seen uh, this season without a shadow of a doubt. Um, it was um, made uh, a whole lot easier by us scoring that early goal. Uh, Kane had a the chance a little bit before, and you just when he put that one just wide of the post, you were there thinking. Is it going to be one of these days where we're knocking on um, West Brom's door and then not quite finding the way through? But then the ball from Ericsson to find Kane in the uh, 10 or 12th minute or whenever it was, um, was just uh, like an amazing pass, an amazing finish and just started um, a a first half performance that I really, really can't remember one being quite, quite so um, quite so controlled, um, as Mark was saying. You know, our passing was crisp. Um, everybody is well drilled. The formation that we're playing, um, like the wing backs are getting so far forward because they've got the defensive cover with the with the, uh, the three central defenders, meaning that um, they can really cause havoc um, out, out wide. And I was saying uh, that for like the, the West, West Brom, tracking Danny Rose it's near enough an impossible job to do because someone who goes quite so far forward and quite so far back and someone who would um, cross over who didn't just stay on the left hand side was drifting over to the right it's an almost impossible task to uh, defend against and just I think that both our wing backs of Kyle Walker and um, Danny Rose really kind of exploited that uncertainty in West Brom. Um, I'd like to just pick up on something that um, a friend of the show, Greg Taylor, said. Um, I think he tweeted into the BBC, which was saying that uh, when West Brom parked the bus, I think they left the windows and the doors open. And I found that (laughs) comment uh, very, very funny. And uh, I I, I wholeheartedly agreed because I was thinking from from someone who was meant to set up a very defensive team, we managed to kind of, in that first half, create so many opportunities for ourselves. And it was nice to see us um, take a couple of those chances early on. i tell you what was most pleasing for me. It was the fact that um, we went and won that match on the back of beating Chelsea for two very different opponents. You know, you've got Chelsea riding high at the top of the table... London derby, um, and, you know, you, you've got to play a different way against Chelsea. Um, and we, we, we won that 2-0. But, you know, it's all very well beating them. Um, but then if, you, if, if in the next match you, you play against a team who on paper um, are inferior um, and you, you mess that up, 
then it's just a great shame. But yeah, we 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 didn't at any point make it look as though they were. It was going to be difficult for us. We 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 made easy work of it. We, it was just so comprehensive, as you both said. Particularly that first half. Yeah, probably best first half all season. Um, and it was just beautiful, beautiful to watch. Um, uh, question or point from Ali Hassan who, who said will I be so worried about a Pulis team in the future um, I famously said it last week and I've said it on previous shows that Pulis teams do concern me and particularly West Bromwich Albion I think we hadn't beaten them at home in probably four or five seasons I don't know the exact stats but I think it was something like that maybe five, five seasons so 2012 I think 2012. so, so, so to, 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 to do that yesterday was was just was just great and, and no I'm not I'm it, I've I've got even more confidence now about Tottenham not because I, mean, I we all know what, what we're capable of on our day but for me the big question mark is you know can we do it if it, can we do it against a team I know we can do it against the big boys but can we do it against a plucky little team like West Brom that come and make it difficult for us and and the answer is yes and the fullbacks that you mentioned I think that particularly the system that we play, it provides that width. So you know, we've always had a tendency to try to play it through the middle when we go 4-2-3-1 um, and teams park the bus, particularly at White Hart Lane, and that's difficult to break down. And, and they always say, you know, if, if it's congested down the middle, then you, you should... You should you, you need to get some width in, and now we're starting to do that, and teams, teams just can't cope. Um, it, it was very pleasing. Um, John... John Steggles, who I was at the game with yesterday, uh, and, and and another listener, Emma Donovan. Um, John asked, "Was that better? Was that performance better than the Swansea?" Um, what, sorry, screwing this up. Was that better than the than the Swansea game in terms of performance, Mark? Um, to be quite honest, I didn't see the Swansea game. I was away on vacation, so I missed it. So I can't really comment on that one. Um, but I would I would say more than likely I saw highlights of the Swansea game. I mean, like I say this is a difficult team. This is a defensive team, and we we pulled them all over the place. There wasn't one player that they had any kind of handle on. You know, Ericsson was all over the place. Our movement and passing was just it just we overran them basically. We overran them for pretty much the whole game. They couldn't cope with us. They, they, they tried here and there, especially on Ali. They, they put the boot on, in on him a few times. But you know, Sw- Swansea and West Brom—they're in different positions in the league too. I mean, oh. pretty much Swansea have turned out to be the whipping boys anyway. So, although I didn't see the Swansea game, I'd say that game's got to be better than Swansea. With regards to the Swansea game, um, it's they set up. It, you think of Swansea traditionally as a as a team that likes to to play football and pass it around. Um, unfortunately for the Swansea team at the time under Bob Bradley, um, they were set up quite defensively as well, um, and probably in in some ways were parking the bus uh, better than uh, than West Brom did. Um, but you know, again, we found our way through. Again, it was kind of through a controversial goal for the first goal um, from uh, Deli Alley. But the second half, um, the way that we started the second half uh, against Swansea, in my opinion, was um, a stronger 
start to the second half. The only concern that I've got with the game, I'm a teacher by trade, and so I'm always trying to look for ways of improvement. And the concern for me was that if we were playing a slightly better team than West Brom were, we started the second half very, very slowly. It was 46 minutes and they had a cross right across our goal. Now, if that chance goes in, 2-1, and it's a completely different game. We turned up again um, and we started turning the screw that little bit more in the last 15 minutes of the game. My um, point would be that I would like to see us come out for the first 15 minutes and really try and hammer home our advantage. Because if we do come up against a team that's going to be a little bit more tactically savvy than West Brom and they do score that goal... 2-0 is still a very, very dangerous score because as soon as that the other team gets that first goal, it turns a, it flips the game um, completely and it puts a whole new complexion on the game and it gets the Tottenham players would be quite nervous and I just feel that at the start of that the first half um, against West Brom that we didn't. Um, we didn't try and press home our advantage as much as I would have liked to have seen. I, and as, come on, sorry, Richard. No, no, sorry, that's fine. I, was, I, was just, I wonder whether there is a tactical element in in that. In that, that beginning of the first half, if we go, if we're going into it with a two nil lead, we're actually deliberately playing a game of cat and mouse with them. We're actually inviting them to to to, to attack. And then hoping that we can hit them on the counter. And in, in those last fifteen or twenty minutes, teams are going to tire. We all know that that our team, um, the way that Pochettino has them drilled, we're, we're, we're fit enough, and and we can hit, we can get goals in the, in the last few minutes. So I wonder whether it's um, whether there's a method to to, 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 to the madness, so to speak. Um, yeah, I'd probably like. I'd probably like to uh, agree with you that um, we do. Uh, our fitness levels are probably the best in the league, and uh, and so we do tend to come on strong at the end of the games. And so, yeah, um, it's ju- it was just a concern that if if a team was to get that that early goal, as there was a chance in, I think the forty sixth minute, if that goal goes in, then you know you could be looking at a different scenario. I'd, I'd agree with you on, on on a lot of other games. We've had our 10, 15 minutes where we've been, you know, we've either conceded goals or we've been very lucky not to concede goals. But yesterday, no, I, w- I wouldn't agree with you. Yesterday, that was minor. That was They were just fleeting little chances. There wasn't any real big pressure. We wasn't really pinned back or anything. They had a little go, but... Even if they had scored, I think our confidence was so high after that first half, we would have just turned the screw again and, and, and got another goal and put put it to bed. It, I wasn't it, concerned it, at all yesterday. It's, it's quite funny that yesterday at the match, and um, John John Snuggles, who, who I was at, at, um, at the game with, I, I kept turning to him after the first goal. Cause I, before the game, I said, we, we, we need to... If we get an early first call and get a second, I'll be fine. Um, I think that they won't be able to come back. If we get one, I can see them coming back. Um, so we get the first one, and I'm like, oh, okay, we need a second. Second one goes in. 
John turns around to me and said, are you, are, you, are you calm now? I thought, yeah, yeah. A bit later, we need a third. <laughs> we need a third. Even at 4-0, I was like, oh, I don't know, I think, I think we need a fifth. I mean, by that point, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek. But um, uh, in terms of the um, Swansea game and this, um, yeah, it was 5-0 that one, 4-0 this one. I'd, pr- I'd probably say this one edges it simply because of the, well, two reasons. One, the opposition, um, Swansea was just really poor. And, um, and I just think that overall this was just a really good performance, a comprehensive performance. Um, in term, terms of all the games that we've played this season, and you know, particularly recently, if you consider what six 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 games we won, six games on the trot in the in the Premier League, nineteen goals. Um, we've scored four goals on three of those in uh, on from three occasions. Um, we, you know, we wouldn't particularly post and even if you go earlier back earlier, earlier on in the season back to Stoke when we won four, four nil at their, at their place. Um, question from Peter Massey: Was that the most comprehensive fisting we've given a team all season? Definitely. Yeah. I, look, I, I know I was saying if they got this, if if they got this goal, and um, Mark's absolutely right. They they, they never look likely to be getting getting back uh, getting a goal yeah there were fleeting chances um and it definitely that was uh, far and away for for a, a, a game which was dubbed to be you know everyone was saying you know oh it's going to be tight it's going to be there's going to be less than it's going to be we're going to win by one goal for us to turn around and hammer four past them yeah i think uh using peter's words it was a comprehensive fisting <laughs> Mark, have you seen fistings that um, that have been more? Um, have, have we given more, com- more, more, more comprehensive? comprehensive yeah, more com- yeah. yeah, it's not usually a term I, I use when reminiscing on previous fistings, but I don't think uh, I, I can't recall any quite as uh, comprehensive as that one. That one was pretty. You know, it was never in doubt. It was never yeah. in doubt. It was. It wasn't tight at all, either. It wasn't tight. Yeah, those West Brom players are going to be feeling sore. Um, so, um, man of the match, Mark. Um, that's a tough one. To be quite honest, that's a tough one. I thought Yan, Yan was playing fantastic before he went off. I don't think I've ever seen him pushed so high up the pitch as he was in the first half. He was pretty much over the halfway line the first 45 minutes. He was fantastic. So gutted that he got injured. Um, Ali played really well, too. He got a lot of kicks. He made a lot of runs and wasn't found as well yesterday. He played really well. Um, I suppose you've got to give it to Kane. I mean, if Kane didn't make those finishes, who knows? Especially um, his second goal. That was a fantastic finish. Really good. So yeah. I'd give it to Kane. I mean, that's the easy the easy answer. And you, like, I, I, you, you've got to give it to Harry Kane. As a dad myself, like that, the, the week, to finish the week uh, when you have your, have your first child and then, uh, and then score a hat-trick on the weekend. I mean... I don't think he, in his wildest dreams, he could have could have uh, imagined that that was going to happen. But with the nature of our team, you know, it's actually quite a likely occurrence. 
Um, a couple of other pe- people that I thought were worthy of a mention yesterday um, was um, Toby Alderweireld. Um, it's, it was nice to see him uh, making some of our um, long passes again um, because that's one thing that we've missed while he's been out. Um, the, the, the fast ball from defence to attack mm. um, and he just manages to make some really key precision passes that some people will deem a long ball but it's not a long ball it's a precision long pass that Toby can make um, and yeah I, just, I thought there was a couple, of, uh, a couple of passes that he made which I, I, I looked at and was just like that was impressive and that's what we've been missing and just one other person just I just wanted to uh, mention quickly was Victor Wanyama again it, like that's 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 the 21st game he started this season uh, in the Premier League and for someone who came in to the club who I, I I wasn't really expecting him to be the kind of a linchpin in in, in our team and just just for solid consistency, I know he didn't do anything particularly special, but I just, I personally just wanted to give him a bit of a shout out, just to say, yeah, fair play to the guy. Started every Premier League game, and you know he makes more forward passes than a lot of people give him pre- uh, credit for. But there was a um, Toby. There was a pass early on in the first half, um, which was just exquisite. Um, it was Dawson-esque, but. <laughs> But better. Um, I think he put through <laughs> Kyle Walker on the right. It was just, it was beautiful. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, the obvious is um, Sky gave it to Harry Kane because of his hat trick. My man of the match, well, before I come to him, um, I think everybody played particularly well. Hugo didn't have much to do. Um, I think he made one crucial save early in the first half. I couldn't, I, I haven't seen it since on TV, but I, I couldn't, um, I didn't have a good view of it from where I was sat. Um, at the other end of the ground. Um, the full-backs, we said, superb, both of them. Rose just gets better and better. Um, centre-backs, Wanyama, Deli Ali, Kane. Um, Ericsson played really well again. Um, Moussa Dembele, I thought he was superb. I thought, once again, I was impressed with him um, at the Chelsea game. Um, and... He's starting to show that he was an absolute beast. He's starting to show the form that um, that, 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 that he uh, displayed last season. Um, it's not been easy for him this season, you know, on the back of being suspended, coming back. Obviously, he's, been, he's going to be short match fitness. He's not he's not played games then in the, in the season. Then he's had a few niggly injuries and, and reoccurring injuries. Um, he, he's really starting to impose his... Um, himself on the game and 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 I thought he was superb absolutely superb so for for me I'd give it to him um just I'd, to... I'd also I'd also like to say that one of the reasons why I want to give Kane the man of the match is that he didn't do that fucking irritating baby celebration yes, I yeah. was I was concerned about that before the start of the game me and, and you gone both up in my estim- gone up in my estimations even more so now. Me and you both. I absolutely hate that, Richard. <laughs> do you? How do you feel about the old? Um, oh, like, I was, I, I was, I was quite surprised when he didn't do it. To be honest, but um, like, but um, I, I, I can totally understand. Uh, like the 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 hate. I, I kind of hate it when when other people are doing it. But I'd probably have quite liked to have seen it from Harry Kane. But you know, um, I think. I think it's nice to see that Harry Kane is being a 
a leader in the fact that he's not just following what other people would do. So uh, from that point of view, yeah, I, feel, I, I can I can get your point of view of saying it's an annoying celebration, but I would have been happy to have seen him do it. <laughs> uh, the, I think the first time that I ever saw it was the 1994 World Cup, and it was um, Bebeto, Brazilian striker, yep. do it. And I, that was fine at the time. It was a bit different. And then everybody started doing it, and it was just a bit annoying and a bit slightly cringeworthy. So I was really glad that he didn't... I was actually concerned before the match and then of course when he did it and I was jumping up and down and celebrating and then giving it to the West Brom fans I didn't really notice what the celebrations were I was I was too caught up in in in, in celebrating the, the, the goal myself but um, I'm glad that I found out subsequently that he didn't do it. I was quite quite glad um his hat-trick yeah fantastic fantastic second goal um Deli Ali's pass for, for, for the third was, was superb I mean if I read somewhere on social media, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that, you know, if that had been a Brazilian player, they'd be talking about it for weeks, that Deli Ali's pass, um, mm-hmm. which just sort of flipped it over. Um, but hey, it's Tottenham and we don't, we're still not getting the credit we deserve. Just on that, and I know I've mentioned it on previous pods, but it, it's just really, really annoying me watching Sky and BBC and everybody. I mean, Alan Shearer was quite complimentary about us today. Um, a few people saying that we've got the best eleven. If we, if we if our best eleven is available, it's it's the best in the league, which which I, I said last year and I maintain that this year. But the, you know the comments, for example, from Graham Souness when he says and others who say that well if Harry Kane gets injured, you know they're a bit screwed. Well, he's already been injured. I, I, maybe he hasn't noticed, but we 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 missed Kane for a considerable part of the season, and yes, it was a big blow. And yes, we as Tottenham fans know more than anyone that that we don't have that strength and depth up, up front. But in the games that we missed him, um, we beat Borough, some scored a couple. We beat Man City um, without Kane. Um, we, we picked up a few results. And yes, we drew a lot of matches in, in that period of time, but we weren't playing anyway collectively very well. I, I find that a bit annoying when they, when they go on about that. It's like, well, if you've done your research, it's not as if we... we it's an unprecedented thing. And by the way, if Chelsea, if Costa became injured for Chelsea, or if, I don't know, Ibrahimovic for, for, for United or, or Sanchez for Arsenal, they'd have the same issues. Don't, don't tell me they've got strength and depth. And even if they have got better players than, say, Janssen coming into to those positions, they don't have... Losing any one of those players, forward players, for them would be a big, big blow. Um the other thing that people keep going on about is, is Fatonga, and I, I know we're going to talk about that in a minute, but um, a few people are saying, oh, well, you know, that that's going to be a real big blow for them. Yeah, of course it's going to be a big blow, because Jan is, is a superb defender. He's been particularly playing particularly well this season. He's got a good understanding with Alderweireld. But again, may I remind um, pundits, and even some of our own um, fans, that we missed... It was around about this time last year that Alderweireld picked up an, an injury. He was back by April. So it was out for February, March, for, for, for three months of the season. Did we miss him during those games? I mean, of course, he, we, he's a quality player, but did we actually miss him? You know, Vimmer came in and, and did a really good job. So it, I, I just, it just really annoys me. Um, I'm not seeking anyone's approval. I don't really care about Graham Souness or... or or other washed-up pundits um, that, are, that, are, that are not good enough to go in, into management and and uh, 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 
trying to forge a career for themselves in the media. I don't really care about them and I'm not seeking their approval, but it would be nice if, if they respected us and, and we got the, the level of respect that we fully deserve. I'm with you. I'm with you there. It's like It seems like they just want to have a bit of a a pop at, at Tottenham for supposed lack lack of ambition when we were um, like in the transfer window and things like that. So I think that's probably why people are still trying to have a bit of a pop. And probably because they're a bit jealous, people like Graham Sooners, that his Tottenham career died a death. And, uh, and now he's seeing how, how good we're becoming and thinking, thinking well, uh, yeah, maybe I could have had that, but I was never good enough. <laughs> um, I mentioned the injury to Vertonghen so Ali Hassan asked it looks like a bad injury for, for, for um, Vertonghen um, albeit a tad early to know the full extent of the damage I mean hopefully we'll know more tomorrow um, as it's January should we go in for a replacement or are we okay with Cameron Carter-Vickers Vimmer, Davis, et al and Ed Brad also asks Vimmer Vimmer Davis or Carter Vickers to replace Jan in the next game, which is Man City. Let me start with you, Mark. Should we dip in the transfer market? Absolutely not. Vimmer, Vimmer more than proved himself last season. I mean, Vimmer was so good, people were questioning, you know, questioning Jan getting straight back into the team. That's how good he was. I got absolutely no worries about Vimmer. He's not Jan, he's a different player. But for somebody who came into this league, you know, it was his first first season in the league and playing for a team that are challenging, with all that pressure on them, challenging for the title. The guy was absolutely fantastic. I have no worries about him. I've got no worries about Davis either. If we had, if we wanted to play Davis, mm. we ain't going in that track. We're not buying anybody. No way. And if and against Man City, um, the next match, who would you who would you go for? Probably Vimmer, because he's, you know, he's just a little bit more, uh, he's got more experience with Toby. But like I say, I wouldn't be fussed with either Davis or, or Vimmer going in there. Okay. Richard? I probably, I, like, I agree with what you were saying earlier on about um, Jan's injury last last year. Um, I was probably under, when uh, Jan became fit again, um, I think it was the Man United game at home. His first first game where he was fit again, and um, Kevin Vimmer had done so well. Uh, I was expecting Pochettino not to put Jan straight back in the team, but he came straight back in and fitted in like he'd never been away. But Kevin Vimmer had um, played fantastic um, for those uh, ten or twelve games last season, and I, I agree with what Mark's saying really uh, in the fact that I. I probably go for Kevin Vimmer but um, if uh, if Ben Davis came in he's played that role for Wales as part of um, the left-sided um, uh, left-sided um, central defender of a, of a three so um, I think he would he would still still play with Walker and Rose so would still have the width because I I don't think that um, uh, that Davis is quite as good going forwards as Danny Rose's, so maybe it might suit um, suit him to play on the left hand side of a of a back three and have Danny Danny Rose on the outside as well. So yeah, I'll let 
Pochettino, I'm uh, make that kind of decision because he's the man who's uh, sees him in training. <laughs> I think, yeah, like both of you, I think we've we've got an embarrassment of riches at the back. I think we've we've got some real strength and depth. We, we might not necessarily have that up front um, with with Kane. Um, we've got Janssen, but he's he's still I know there's a question um, about him. He's still obviously finding his feet. But at the back, we've got so many options, and for me, it's just. It's a no-brainer. You know, earlier in the season, a few people are saying, "Oh, where's Kevin Vimmer?" and "Oh, he's going to go," or "Are we going to sell him?" Of course, we're not going to sell him. We we need that cover. We need that depth. Um, it's quite conceivable Vimmer might go in the summer if he wants first-team football. But I, to me, you know, now he's got a chance. Um, as to who we go for, um, it's a tricky one. I think if we go with the back four, then I would. There are two options. Um, one is to go with Dyer and out of Herald. Um, no, I'd have no issues with that. The other one would be to go with Dyer and Vimmer, um, which was the partnership that, that we had last season. But then you've got the question of, well, where do you fit Dyer? Um, it, does he play in midfield and then do you drop Wanyama or or does Dyer go to the bench? Um, if we play with the back three, which I suspect he will do again, then yeah, it's a toss between Vimmer and... Um, Ben Davis. I would like to see Ben Davis. He, he played. He came on yesterday. He plays, um, as you say, uh, in a back three for Wales. And I think that particularly because he plays as a left back, and Vimmer isn't a, a left back. I think in a back three, um, if for example Rose is pushing really for, forward, and the, the opposition are trying to expose that the, the gap that's left behind, and they, and they start to attack on the right, then Davis can naturally just come across to the left-hand side and cover as a full-back would and, and he knows how to do, to, 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 to do that. I'm not saying that Vimmer doesn't, but naturally it, it, Davis occupies that position. But we've got an embarrassment of riches. Um, the, before we um, look to the Man City match, um, the other noticeable thing for me, as I said earlier, was one of the things I noticed yesterday was um, and and that uh, this might, how it pans out with whoever comes in, whether it's Vimmer or Davis. Um, one of the notable things about yesterday was you've got the formation, you've got the three at the back, you've got the, we, we, we know about the wing backs going forward and, and, and the width they give. But it's quite noticeable that in a back three, actually both Dyer and the Tongan get forward even more. Um, and they were starting a lot of... It might, some of it might have been to, 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 to do with the opposition, but they were pressing up the fields, they were getting forward, um, and I think the protection that Wanyama gives and he can slot back in, slot back, gives them that licence to to go further forward, I, I, I feel, even you know more so than when we play with a sort of flat-back four. Um, and it was, it was noticeable. And I don't know... If Vimmer comes in, I don't know if he'll give 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 that on the left hand side. I think Vimmer's a solid defender. He's he's decent on the ball, but I'm not sure that he's got the the attacking prowess that the Tongan has. Um, Davis as well, to be honest, he's a bit conservative in in his ways. I feel, but um, we'll have to see how that pans out. Um, looking ahead to that Man City game, um, predictions, chaps. They've just lost today, 4-0. They've been comprehensively beaten. Um, they're three points behind us in, in, in the table. Should we win that match, we will go six points clear. And we've, got, we've also got a vastly superior goal difference as it is. Um, is it dangerous playing a wounded beast? Mm-hmm. 
Yes, definitely. It is uh, like so. I, I was uh, I'm feeling I was feeling quite confident uh, about uh, the city game, and um, yeah, just like uh, even this is even before the game today. I was I was there thinking, yeah, we sh- we sh- we should go there. But with the form that we're in, it's not it's not so much of a concern about who we're playing. We've shown that we can play against uh, a team that's gone 13, uh, 13 wins in a row and is top of the league. Um, so why shouldn't we go to uh, City, who at the moment look in a little bit of disarray? However, it is that concern, exactly like you just said, uh, about a, a wounded animal um, in, in the fact that quite often people will start to kind of assume because they've been beaten uh, 4-0 that um, that they are going to are going to just be turned over and uh, yeah and then we'll um, uh, yeah and then we'll, we'll just we'll, we might not perform on the on, on the day so but I, 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 I am confident I think we will win uh, predictions wise I think it's probably going to be uh, I don't I I'm gonna go. I, I think the same as last year, two-one, uh, and yeah, we'll go for a two-one for us. Okay, I was predictably gonna go 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 with go for the same two-two-one as well. Um, and I think although it concerns me about the wounded beast element, last season I've got a feeling they had lost two matches in a row when they played us, and we made it three. So. Um, I'm not worried about what's going on with them. We'll, we'll do our, uh, our own thing. Uh, Mark, I'm not. I'm not concerned at all. I mean, <clears throat> it's City. Anybody remember the last time we lost to City? You know, we took six points off them last season. We've played them when they've been on a losing streak. We've played them when they've been on an unbeaten streak, and we've still beaten them. We won't take them lightly. We'll still treat it as a big game. Um, we'll come out accordingly, and I think we'll win. And at the very least, we won't lose. You know, but I'm I'm going to say a a two nil, two nil easy win, a comprehensive win, a comfortable win for us. Okay. Um, one other thing, and I, I know I know this is now becoming a bit of a weekly habit of mine, but I can't resist. Um, so. Comparing our our position after 21 matches last season with 21 um, and, and, and after 21 games this season, um, so last season um, we were fourth in the sat fourth in the table. 21 played 36 points, seven points off the leaders. Um, goal difference of 17, uh, nine wins, 34 scored, 17 conceded. Um, this season, so we we were sat in second in the table. Um, also seven points behind the leaders. Um, it looks as though, unfortunately, we're going to end up this evening going into back into third, a point behind Liverpool, who at the moment are beating United. And there's only, I think about ten minutes left in that match, um, or less. Um, the only good thing that I say about that is it will put even more um, clear blue water between us and Man U, with Man U losing. Um, I think they are five points behind us at the moment. And we've, again, we've got a much better goal difference, and and, and also them losing that match, um, it, it'll knock the wind out of their sails. Um, this season, yeah, 45 points compared to 36 last season, so that's nine points better off. Um, goal difference of plus 29 compared to plus 17. 
Uh, I haven't got the, the the amount of goals conceded and the, and the amount scored, but it's it, it's more. I know that much. Um, and it's 13 wins against nine, so we're doing a lot lot better. And long may it continue. And 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 hopefully we can make it seven wins on the trot next week. Um, United just equalised. United have just equalised. That's interesting. Now that would keep us in second on goal difference because our goal difference is better than. Um, than, than, than Liverpool. In fact, it's the only team that's got a better goal difference are, are Chelsea, who are in plus 30. Right. Um, we don't have a... Bex was going to do a Spurs ladies update. Um, she uh, She's not being lazy, um, but uh, there is a very good reason why she hasn't got an update, which is unfortunately the Spurs ladies match against Charlton um, has been called off um, due to bad weather. Um, it's the game is played at Chessent FC, and Chessent FC is an old English ground that an old style ground um, that uh, has crappy changing rooms and, and what whatnot. That's one of, unfortunately one of the things with, with, with the ladies' game and, and, and particularly Spurs ladies and, and the league they're in. Um, a lot of the stadiums are um, are not the best, so. Um, they probably don't have don't have things like um, under soil heating and, and whatnot. So that game has been cancelled. Um, it will be rescheduled for a future date. Um, that, that hasn't been announced yet. We will if you keep listening to the Top um, for Family podcast. Bex will no doubt um, up, update you on that. But it, it's it's going to be interesting when they f- fit it in because um, yeah, it's. It, there are lots of games and lots of cup competitions that the, the ladies are involved in. Um, the next match, assuming it goes ahead and that there are no weather issues, the next game is a week today. That's also at Chessant, and that is against Cardiff City. Um, in fact, it's not a week today. It's two weeks' time. It's on Sunday the 29th of um, January. Right, uh, before we finish off with some more questions from listeners, as ever, um, you can send us your questions via Twitter. The, the handle is at THF Podcast. You can do so via the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Facebook page. And you can email us, spurs at the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast.com. And also, um, we've got a, a YouTube channel, um, so check that out. Um, all the podcasts are on there from seasons one through to three, as well as uh, various videos um, from fans um, uh, at, at matches. Right, questions. Uh, Paul Esau, the fact that Son came on for Kane, does the panel now recognise that Janssen is cuff and should be sold as soon as possible? What the hell is cuff? Shit, naff. Bollocks, whatever, chaff, I don't know. Or guff, maybe maybe he meant guff, I don't know. Maybe it's a okay. typo. Well, well, we, we the answer to that, don't we? I mean, do we even need to answer that question? Of course not. He just put Sun on because he felt it was a, it was it was Sun that he wanted to bring on in this game. That was it. He's not just gonna cut his losses for Janssen just yet. Of course not. There's a lot of time to go. And, you know, the guy hasn't, he's had a little bit of a run in the team and that's it. And Kane's playing really well. So, no, no, no. I mean, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was quite, quite noticeable that uh, Janssen didn't even make the bench for yesterday. Because uh, earlier on in the season when, um, when uh, he dropped Sissoko and he gave, and he gave Sissoko a bit of a, a public dressing down. 
um, you know, Sissoko's performance performances improved. Um, but like for Janssen to not even be on the bench yesterday is kind of was a little bit concerning for for me that um, maybe Pochettino is thinking that um, at, 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 the, at this present moment in time that Vincent Janssen just can't cut it. And unfortunately, the performance against Aston Villa kind of showed that that is what's currently happening. However, in saying that, he is young and he um, he has got a lot to learn and he still he still has that possibility to learn. Some of the goals that I've seen him score for, for Holland makes me realise that there is a player in there. It's just we haven't actually seen him. If, if Maybe if he'd scored that goal uh, against Everton, the one where Stecklenburg tipped it onto the, uh, onto the bar in his first game, you know, it could be a completely different scenario right now. But um, like, the, like the other thing is, are we going to sell him? No, of course we're not going to sell him right now because Daniel Levy's not that stupid to sign a player for one season for 17 million or whatever, or possibly not even 17 million because he would have had to have had some hits and bonuses to maybe get that uh, fee. But you know, it, it like it's it's not going to happen that he's going to be sold. Um, he'll be kept in and around the first team. We'll be playing um, playing against Wickham. I would hope that he would get that game. Um, and yeah, and then when Pochettino decides that he's ready to be on the bench again, then, you know, it would maybe be the time when it is three or four nil against a team like West Brom that he could bring him on, you know? Um, I think he's, you know, he's, he's still what we keep saying, 22, and um, it's it's early days. Um, you know, since the beginning of time, there's always been a striker that joins the club, um, Soldado in our case, um, going back years and years and years and years ago. I don't know if you remember a guy called Robert Fleck. He used to play for Norwich and was prolific there and he signed for Chelsea back in the early 90s. And he was shite. He was just mocked and ridiculed by Chelsea fans. Um, but he, he was really a prolific player in the old first division for, 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 for Norwich. Um, more recently, Chris Sutton, when he signed for Chelsea. For some reason, a lot of Chelsea players. Anyway, or ex-players. Um, Janssen isn't there yet in in terms of those examples. He's not yet sold out. He's he's also very young. He's 22. Um, he'll get he'll get his chances. And once once he starts to get the service and once he gets a few, the you know the the the, the, the goals will start to flow. Um, and I don't think we're going to sell him. That's in in the beginning in, in the, during the season, in the summer. Um, I don't think we'll sell him in the summer unless some uh, really quality striker becomes available. Um, then and we we need to make way. Then then yeah, but that's that's a different matter altogether. Um, just on Janssen, um, Jacob Cox says so. If we let Janssen go in the summer, just for the sake of argument, um, all loaned out, who do we go for? Will it be another fifteen million-ish type of striker, or, or will it be a name that? That all believe in sort of like Lacazette. That's probably not the right pronunciation. Who knows? Who knows? 
Like I was thinking in the in the in the summer, like uh, I, I did want. There was a little bit of talk about us um, signing um, some uh, an Argentinian um, as like a, a very young player, like 20, uh, 21, a Sanabria or something from uh, like from uh, a Spanish club. I can't I can't quite remember his name. That's probably not his, his name, um, but you know, it's one of the one of the internet rumours and stuff like that. But like the one thing that like I feel a little bit sorry for Vincent Janssen with is that I don't think that Pochettino was planning on playing uh, Vincent Janssen quite so much early on because obviously we weren't expecting the injury to, to Harry Kane. He was going to be blooded quite a lot slower than he actually ended up being. Um, so that's unfortunate for him. But the, on the other side of that, I do genuinely think that we as a club should have three three forwards i know son can play there and he has done a job for us up there but he that's not his best position um i think we should have another specialist uh striker and again probably somebody like uh, a young player i mean we've got um is it um marcus marcus edwards or who um, yeah. the other the, the other lad who plays up front. Oh, Harrison. Harrison, Shayla, Shayla yeah. Harrison. Um, so I'd, I'd imagine that Pochettino would like to work with him as well. But if you look back to, like, I'm thinking about long-term successful teams. If you look under the like Fergie United teams, uh, t- players like Oli Sol- Solshire, they didn't get on the pitch that much. But when they did come on, they made a difference. And they like a lot of teams had four strikers. At the moment, we've got Harry Kane and Vincent Janssen. You know, it's two strikers. Really, I think we could do with a third striker, and um, yeah, and but keep Vincent Janssen in and around uh, in in and around the team. But a, a third striker, just to kind of to have in case of an injury, but also just to kind of sometimes you know if we if we are really really chasing a game, just having that extra striker just to throw on. For the last ten minutes, I mean, it's it's le- less likely this season because we haven't needed to chase any games. But you know, having mm. those well, options. Uh, arguably, our third striker is um, Mark's favourite player, Son. Yeah, yeah, that is an ar- definitely arguably. He's not a, he's not a striker. He's just not. He can play there, but it's not ideal for him. He can't he can't mix up with defenders like you want a striker to. Hopefully we'll buy a younger player, you know, or who knows, maybe even, maybe even Nkudu could beef himself up or or become a, a striker as well. well we um, might I even get back. We, that, we that might even re, we might even recall um, the the lads that's at Marseille. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You never know. They've both got crazy. Both of them have got amazing pace. So yeah. um, just talking of. I think he missed a and G. I think he uh, he missed a sitter for uh, Cameroon. So uh, I think he's had a he's had a couple of couple of shockers as well. Like this season, they look like he scored a butte um, for the uh, for who, who did he sign for in in France? Mar- is it Marseille. Marseille. Um, yeah. But he also he 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 missed a couple of sitters, and then it, like in in the first game for Cameroon in the uh, African Cup of Nations, he missed the sitter as well. So. Uh, I'm not not too too sure. I'm holding out too much confidence in 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 his ability to come back in and make a difference because that's what we need somebody 
to come in and do is not just come in to make up numbers, but we need somebody to come in and, and, and make, a, make a difference when we need it. Talking of strikers, Greg, Greg Taylor, who you mentioned earlier, Richard, asks, bearing in mind that he's hardly played for Chelsea, do you reckon that Michi Batshui is looking at us and wishing he had signed for us? Especially as Harry was out for weeks and he'd have surely done better than Janssen did. Um... I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. He's not getting in the team. I don't just think it's because of our world cost is playing either. I mean, there's, he's yeah. obviously he's not. He's not. Doesn't seem to be fitting in as well. But he hasn't. He, I've seen little snippets of him, and he hasn't. It just seems like he's. He, he needs games to be able to get used to the English game by looking at him, and then we'll see how good he is. It was telling he didn't play yesterday um, with Costa being out. Um, for me, as good as he might have been at Marseille, um, I've got no doubt that, that he, he's a good player. Um, that that ship has sailed, and his loss, really, his loss, um, a bit like Morgan Schneiderlin. Um, he was linked, linked with us. He, he chose not to play for us. He chose to go... Signed for United. Well, that went well, uh, and now he's at Everton. Um, yeah, that that ship has sailed. I me. mean, go, going back to Mitchy uh, Batshuayi, it's like uh, it, like basically he went to Chelsea when he got offered the the money that he was after. I think he probably would have definitely preferred to have come and played for us because of the fact that we're a, a club that's are, are on an upward. Trajectory. I mean, I know Chelsea are doing doing well at the moment, but you know, uh, if if anyone who's got any sense had a choice of going to Tottenham or Chelsea, I'd suggest that Tottenham was the better better idea. But Daniel, Daniel Levy wouldn't pay the money that um, Marseille wanted for him, and wouldn't pay the wages that he was demanding. And if you look back on that now, with the fact that um, it's been touted that. Um, Chelsea were trying to do a swap deal with a 32-year-old Lorente uh, for Michi Batshoi. And it's just like, well, that seriously says that um, they don't rate him. And again, I think that's good business by uh, Daniel Levy. And again, uh, like this is from our chairman who has uh, managed to make money uh, in a huge number of places, uh, including uh, buying the cranes that are building White Hart Lane when steel was at an all-time low and now steel's increased so much in value that the cranes that he bought to build our stadium are worth more now than they were when he had originally bought them it's like it's like the, the guy knows what he's doing Daniel Levy so I, I, I kind of trust him <laughs> uh, I, 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 I hadn't heard about that until yesterday um, Emma Donovan at, at, at the match told me and it's just it's just typical typical Levy um uh, it's by the way, it's finished in the um, United Liverpool game, one apiece. So we remain in second place with 45 points, same points as Liverpool in third, but we've got a better goal difference, uh, plus 29 to their plus 25. Um, one point ahead of Arsenal in fourth, three ahead of City in fifth, and five points. It would have been I was wrong earlier. It would have been six had Liverpool won the match, but it's five points ahead of United. Um, as it is, and, and plus a, such a superior goal difference, um, so that that's good. Um, yeah, 
second best goal difference in the league, best defence, only 14 conceded. Um, I didn't have those stats, and, and the earlier on, and the goal scored. So it's, it's 43 this season compared to whatever it was last season, um, a lot more. Um, still a little bit short compared to Chelsea on 45, Arsenal on 48, and Liverpool 49, but not too far behind. And if we just if we continue the way we're going, um, I've got no doubt that that it, it, it will eclipse those teams, both in terms of goal scored, goal difference, and and hopefully points. Um, okay, final couple of questions. Let's just wrap this up. So we've got one, well, I've got two or three questions, which I'm going to sort of amalgamate into one question. So bear with me. Sam Moore, in light of us challenging at the top of the table, should Poch play the reserves against Ghent or stick with the same side? That's a question. Uh, Jacob Cox, listening to the show, um, commented that he should play the reserves until we until we. We are in the semis um, in the FA and Europa. Um, we are looking like title challengers. Uh, another qu- a question from Ed Brad. We should try to win the Europa League and league playing a slightly weakened team in the FA Cup. He goes on to say, I'm a firm believer that success breeds success. What are the panel's views? Uh, Mark. Um, I would say for the FA Cup, I would do what he did last time out and do a uh, kind of a half and half put bring some bring some uh, second string players in but play some of your regulars too as for the Europa I just think we should fuck it off <laughs> I'm just I do I mean if we if we keep going in that we're gonna you know what's gonna happen if we we're, especially if we're we are challenging for the title still in a couple of months time yeah um we're going to have Sunday games and we're going to have pressure on us because of that shit as well because we're playing after everybody else. And we suffered yeah. that last season. So. And then it gets to the point where we're, we're in the business end last 16 or quarters or semis possibly and we're playing a better quality of opposition and yet we have also feel we're close to that trophy or close to a final. And suddenly you're going to get into a scenario where he's got us play a full strength team that that i can see that being a problem um before i bring you into it richard um i would say that yeah i would go for a mix he, he did that against villa the other week he did that did that against gillingham early, earlier in the cup um to some degree also against liverpool so you know don't play a f- fully weakened team but you know bring in rest a few players like somebody like wanyama who um, Richard, you mentioned earlier, has, has played 21 league games. You know, rest him, rest a few others, rest Larice, but keep whoever it might be. You might keep your, your Tobies and your, and your Dyers alongside a Carter Vickers, for example, um, and just 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 have that right right balance. But then put, play a full strength team in the league for me. Yeah, like I mean. The, the original question that was asked was about success breeding success and I found it a little bit of a contradiction in terms saying success breeds success but then saying you know putting out a supposedly weakened team I have to say that I totally disagree with what Mark was saying about uh, the Europa League it's like yeah look I don't it, it's not the competition that I'd like uh, choose to be in but it's also it's not that much different playing playing Thursday night Sunday night than it is playing like Wednesday night Saturday and it's like at the end of the day we spend a lot a lot of our time trying to get into European uh, competitions and like that we should 
treat them seriously because also we are testing ourselves against some of the best teams across Europe. If we want to be um, viewed by people, not just in this country, but uh, around Europe and around the world um, as like a, a, a truly successful team, then I think we do need to treat some of the European competitions a bit more seriously than maybe we have even done with the Champions League this year. If we get to a point uh, in the uh, Europa League where um, I, I would say play a strong team, I'm not saying don't make any changes because I think that would be counterproductive to our league position. And I do under, I do understand that. But going back to Dortmund last last year, when we played Josh Onoma and Ryan Mason in the centre of midfield, I think that was frankly disgraceful to be honest, because a lot of people spent a lot of money going to... I had friends who went to Dortmund, and then for us to put that team out, um, it that doesn't breed success, because we came back from that, getting beat, uh, like 3-0, 4-0, I can't remember what it was, but it, I remember it was a, a, a bit of a pasting we took. And I don't think that will have done the club any good whatsoever, and it certainly didn't make the return leg at White Hart Lane a spectacle for for the fans or the players who had to be involved with that. So, yeah, rotate players, but don't rest players deliberately to make a weakened team. And, like, I don't know, I think, personally, we should go all out to try and win the Europa League. I, I, genuinely, I think... Do, do you not think it, it, it'll there'll be a problem? I, I appreciate what you're saying about Wednesday, Saturday being the same as... Thursday, Sunday, but but effectively, if we're playing matches on a Sunday, pretty much we will, not always, but quite often it, the upshot of that will, will be that all of the teams in and around us will be playing on a Saturday first, and then we're playing catch-up on a Sunday. It'll be, it'll be akin to last Pressure. season. Yeah, akin, akin to last season when Leicester were kicking off before us, and we were playing quite often on the Monday or... or, or, or whatever. Um, one of the nice things about yesterday was that we 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 got that win. We closed the gap to four points um, against Chelsea. Okay, they put it, it put the pressure on them, and fine, they came back and um, beat Leicester comprehensively and, and restored their seven point lead. But it put the, put the onus on them. Um, do do you not see that being a problem further in the season, Richard? And also, um, will it be an issue if we are in the latter stages when when we have? Um, uh, if we're up against um, one of the better sides, and for example, we're in the last eight or last four, and we're, we're con- um, contesting the league as well, can we? Do we have the strength and depth? I mean, it, 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 see, at that, at that point, surely he has to play the most, the, the strongest eleven on a Thursday, and then the same strongest eleven on, on a Sunday. Yeah, if I mean, take it seriously. I, like I do, I do. I do see that there is the difficulty of like of having playing like the two two games in a week, and I do understand that, especially with the the style of the football that, that we play, with it being quite quite a high energy, a high tempo, and like a, high, a lot of lot of high pressing. Like, um, but I just I, I think that it's just we should be trying to get recognised as one of the best clubs in Europe. It's like. Um, like I I I uh, have 
friends who uh, went to uh, like every single game in um, Liverpool's both Europa League campaigns and and Champions League campaigns, including including the, like the finals. And like I know for them, for that for those guys, that's probably the best experience they've ever had in their lives. And 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 it's just like and I I'd like to have something like that for for Tottenham and Tottenham fans so that they can look back and say say you know i think i um carl walker said it a couple of weeks ago on uh, football focus he said i want to show my uh show my kids my medals things that i've won well I, I just think winning european trophies like we're a club that's kind of had that history the first club to win european silver the mm. the glory nights in the in the uefa cup and things like that I just think that it's something that I, it's 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 just looked it's just looked down upon now, and I think it's it, it yes, it's not the competition that we want to be in, but realistically, were we ever really going to win the Champions League this season? I don't think so. Do we have a chance of if we pl- take the Europa League seriously? Do we have a chance in winning it? I would suggest that we do. I would suggest that there aren't teams in the Europa League which are have stronger squads or certainly not a stronger first 11 than we do and like come on if we were going to get if we're going to qualify for the champions league wouldn't it be nice to qualify by winning a european trophy as well i'd, I'd say I, you know i want i'm going to be greedy i want to have my cake and eat it i'd like to win the league and the europa league you know it's like but you know i, I just think we need the original point was success breeds success I think we should try and take the FA Cup seriously. It's been 25 years since we won the FA Cup. That is, it's too long. It's too long. Nobody, nobody else, like who's uh, like, uh, like people who are young Tottenham fans now, like they've got no idea who Gary Mabbott, yeah. Gary Mabbott is. It's like you know, uh, it's like Gary Mabbott is the last captain to to lift the FA Cup. And it's been too long since we've had a captain of Tottenham Hotspur going up and lifting that FA Cup it's like uh, it, it's been too long and it needs to it, we need to start winning stuff I, I, I tell you what that, yeah no I, I agree completely and stoutly defended I, 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 the, the problem is as fans if come the end of the season we, we fall flat on our faces and we don't win anything the first thing people will say is oh you know it, it, we shouldn't have we, we should, if, if we only if we only we hadn't gone on that run in the Europa or if only we'd played this player if only we hadn't played a full strength team and against whoever, and then and, and they, on a first day they got injured and, and and all of that. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. Okay, a lot of a lot of, a lot of those comments are being said now, but that's because we it's just history and and, and what's happened previously, and and we fear um, what the the, the, the possibility that, that we might fall short. But um, if you're playing very well and if you're winning matches. Then things like fatigue and tiredness don't set in, um, and you can just, particularly when it comes to the business end of the season, you can just sail through. Um, as for Europe, um, what's the quote from Bill Nick when he said it's it, it's magnificent to be in Europe and this club, a club like Tottenham Hotspur, if we're not in Europe, we're nothing. We're nothing, and I think we it's about time. What, what was the last? When was the last time we, we won a Euro, European trophy? Nineteen eighty. 84, 84, 84, 84, yeah, 84, the UEFA Cup, um, and 
and and the FA Cup, it to me, it doesn't mean as much as it did when I was a kid. But I'd, I'd love us to win it. Um, of course, the thing that I want most most of all is the league. Um, all right, let's finish off with a, another question from John Staggles. What would be a proper send off for White Hart Lane? Be now we've had we've had um, West Ham's shitty send off and all the fanfare and and everything that they had last season. Um, there hasn't been much talk so far of what what a send off w- would entail for us. Um, Richard, if I, Richard, if I come to you first, what what, what would a proper send off be? I think we're we're halfway on the way to already doing it, which is uh, being unbeaten at, at, at home all season. Uh, I mean, I, that would be that would be a fitting send off um, to 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 White Hart Lane. Um, yeah, to go the go the and then you know. Uh, just some some more memorable more memorable wins again. I think that it's always going to be about uh, about getting those those wins in the games like the game game against Chelsea, um, like the the City game. You know, getting those wins against your your, your rivals that is going to kind of going to going to be the kind of the, the send off that that stadium needs. Not necessarily the last game with kind of all the fanfares out and people people kind of like swaying with their lighters out going oh you know goodbye to the it's like but it's about the game being about glory and making sure that it's glorious on game days so i think some of the games that we've 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 played five nils four nils but again beating our rivals you know um i think that would like yeah that would be that would be the key really wouldn't it so Beating Arsenal and United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Just beat, especially beating Arsenal in the last game there. You know, it's it's goodbye a Wyatt Lane, but it's literally in the same place. It's uh, to me, it's not like it's not like when you know Arsenal had to say goodbye to Highbury or West Ham had to say goodbye to fucking Legoland. No, it's just <laughs> it, it's. It's not that it's not a it's a goodbye to the old old pitch I suppose but it's not the same it's still going to be there as far as I'm concerned it's just new it's more like an update than moving somewhere different <laughs> but yeah I I I want to I want to beat Arsenal that's what I want and I want to yeah. beat them just comprehensively it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be three or four nil I just want to beat them in a game where Every you know, from the first minute to the ninetieth minute, we deserve to win that game. That'll do me. Um, much like both of you, but I, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like us to beat Arsenal. That, that's the penultimate um, home league match. Um, if we're still in the Europa by that point, it, it, there might be another one after that. I, I, I don't know. Um, and yeah, good point, Richard. About um, you know, we're, we're well on the way at the moment in terms of. White Hart Lane being a fortress this season, winning all these matches, we we in in all competitions only drawing against Leicester and Liverpool. Um, for me, the biggest, the best send off um, would be to win the league title against Man United, penultimate game of the season, final game of the season at White Hart Lane. Um, it's the weekend of the thirteenth of May, thirteenth, fourteenth of May. 
Um, I, well, it's Saturday the 13th, but it, it will probably be, well, almost certainly be um, uh, rescheduled for, for TV, whether that's on the same day or it gets bounced to the, to the Sunday. I don't know, but I would like us to, to, to win the league um, with one game in hand and at White Hart Lane, and that's the best send-off. And you know what? You're right, Mark. We're not moving a million miles away. Um, I think too much is made of, of the fact that we're leaving White Hart Lane. We're not. We're moving into a stadium that's literally next door. It's it's not even. It's not even up the high roads um, on the other side towards Seven Sisters or, or whatever. It is right next to the existing stadium. And don't get me wrong. There are there have been some fantastic memories that we as fans um, have shared over the years at White Hart Lane. But that's all they are. They are memories. Um, the bricks and the mortar. That stadium has changed um, over the years so much. Um, that's not important. I, I couldn't give a fuck about. Excuse me. I, I really couldn't care about the, the stadium. I looked at it last season. I think it was a European tie, um, Fiorentina, and I was coming out of White Hart Lane. Um, actually, before before I went in, and I was looking for the first time. I was just looking at the structure, and it's old. And even the newest stand, or one of the newest stands, the, the, the redeveloped South Stand, um, which I mean, was built in the early nineties, um, that was looking a bit old and and tatty. And and I I don't care about the bricks and mortar and the stand. It's it's about the memories. And we're going to fill the new stadium with some fantastic memories. And the biggest um, send off that we could give would be to win the league on that on that um, penultimate weekend of the season. That for me would, would would be the best send off. I don't want huge fanfare. I don't want fireworks. I don't want um, you know that's that's what clubs like West Ham do. I don't want any of that shit. Um, yeah, you might want to you might want to have a I don't know a parade a, a, a procession of um, legends. Um, uh, at half time or, or, or before kick off, fine, you can do that. You might want to throw in a bit of um, Chaz and Dave. I'm sure that wouldn't be too difficult to arrange. Dare I say it? You might want to have a bit of Adele. That would be that would be very good. But I, I don't want. I, I, it doesn't need to be anything superficial, to be honest. Um, the best send off would be for us to win the league by beating United. Um, and prior to that, also beating Arsenal. That would be the best send-off that we could give, um, in my opinion. Here, here. <laughs> right, on that jolly note, um, the the next podcast will be recorded a week today, the day after we play Manchester City next, next Sunday afternoon. Um, Mark, thank you as ever. Thank you. Richard, thank you. Thank you for making your debut. Can I just uh, can I just say, look, I, I I started listening. This was the first podcast I started listening to. You know, I was listening to Football Weekly, and then just found myself thinking they don't talk enough about Tottenham, and I've got to listen to all this crap about other teams I don't care about. Started listening to Tottenham Oxford Family podcast, and you know, I was listening for about uh a year and then started sending in some questions and like it was really really nice to see that your questions are getting answered and then uh it was really nice to be invited to be on by jav and uh i hope uh, i haven't waited on too much for the listeners and yeah just wanted to say a big thank you to you jav for inviting me on and uh, thanks to everyone for listening in and get yeah just get get part of it just come and send your questions speak to Jav, you know, and then I'm sure that, that at some point down the line you'll become more involved just like I've done. So thanks very much, yeah? 
Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've got a virtual semi. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. Dream, um, dreams come. Dreams come true, listeners. Dreams can come true. They, they can do. No, f- thank you. Thank you for those warm words, Richard. Um, uh, the uh, brown envelope is on the place to you. Um, right. Uh, no, seriously. Um, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for making your debut. Um, right. On that note, as ever, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather around and sing it out and we'll talk out.